The Killer Pod from Outer Space presents Watch This or Die. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Killer Pod from Outer Space. My name is Vinny. I'm here with you with uh, three quarters of the Killer Pod crew tonight. We're missing Jeff, but we do have Brother Pete on the meeting. Hello, for the first time. Yes. <laughs> Definitely the first uh, time. <laughs> um, how's it going? Good, good. We got Brother Sean with us. Hola, amigos. And... Sean brought along with him a special guest for us tonight for tonight's Watch This or Die. Yeah, I'm so excited about this. Um, I have with us Angelina, Angelina Tam Tambin? Tambin, yeah, that's right. Um, who worked as a set PA on the movie we're going to talk about tonight, Knock at the Cabin. Um, Angelina and I have known each other for a couple of years now. She used to live in the neighborhood and we used to go to the gym and became friends there and um, I think you recently, over the last couple of years, started getting involved in movies. And when we saw this was coming out, I thought of you immediately and just thought it would be really awesome to have you on. And we're super excited about that. Yeah, that was a cool awesome. surprise. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I was already excited to uh, talk about this film. And then when Sean uh, said about Angelina coming on with us, I was like, oh, great. Yeah, I think it was the first time I sat through the credits and actually was like <laughs> reading the names and, and found her on there. I was like, oh, shit. Me too, actually. For the first time on a big screen, I sat through the entire credits. It was great. I loved it. Yeah, that was cool. cool. That was really cool. <laughs> so what's been going on? How are you? I'm good. I just started um, a second week into a new project. Oh, shit. Um, can, you talk, can you talk about it? I'm not allowed to say what it is, but if you Google like filming in Philadelphia or Bucks County you'll be able to find what it is, but I'm not allowed. To. I signed a very big NDA. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> people, people can figure it out, but uh, it's with a very large director and it's a very intense show, but um, it's fun to be able to, you know, go back to knock at the cabin with all of that coming out this past week. And we had like a crew screening. So we're sort of reliving knock at the cabin a little bit. So it's really fun for us. Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. That's so, so official. Oh yeah. Very. <laughs> Um, so, uh, uh, Vinny, you want to do your beer intro? Oh yeah, beers. All right. So, well, Pete, why don't you kick it off? What do you got? Oh, I have a uh, surprise, surprise, a, uh, human robot, uh, Chuck 10, uh, pale lager. Are you still on the same Denmark. stash? I have, uh, yeah, I kind of just have like a random bucket of beer in my garage that, <laughs> I, like from like stuff that people brought me around the holidays and like one left from a six pack here or there i'm really excited to get back to human robot i want that, one of those um, milk tubes again you know, because um yeah i don't really drink beer a lot unless i'm going out uh i don't drink beer at home a lot except for when i'm on here and uh when i'm watching sports nice so sean what do you got uh i stopped at wissahickon brewing the other day, actually, before I saw Knock at the Cabin and picked up their Liquid Hips, it's called. Hazy IPA, double dry hopped with a bunch of stuff. Mm, and 
and it is pretty good. Nice. I've been I've been trying to stop there more often because it's one of the closer breweries, and they have a pretty nice setup, and their beers are pretty good. I was just in that area uh, uh, the other weekend. Drove past it. I saw that uh, I was going to my brother's, and I saw that they have like food trucks and stuff set up. Yeah, you know, a cool spot to hang. Yeah, I've uh, been there a couple of times, and I still haven't gotten over there. Yeah, it's a good spot. It's right Actually. off of Lincoln Drive, right? Yes. Or yeah, Kelly, right, Drive. or right before or, Kelly Drive. Yeah, it's it's or right one off. Of the two. Yeah, it's basically off all of them. It's right off Ridge, close to East Falls. Cool. Angelina, are you cool, cool, cool. indulging in anything? I'm not currently. I had my limit of one glass of wine earlier, so I should have saved it. Nice. It's okay. Was it was it a good glass of wine? You know what? I got to be honest. I won it at a baby shower this past weekend, so I don't even know what it was called. Prize wine. I was like, hey, I'll Sweet. take a free bottle of wine. Hey, free, <laughs> free is the way to go. Yep. Free's free's our favorite. Oh yeah, couldn't tell you what kind it was or what brand, but it was it was fine. It did the trick. Especially when it's winning, baby shower winning a prize. Oh, free. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's cool. When we were going to see Knock at the Cabin beforehand, we stopped at uh, Hidden River Brewing Company. So that's where my beer is from tonight. It's uh, it's called Possession, double IPA. Very uh, simple can art. They always keep it their can art really uh, simplistic and clean, but it's nice. And these guys, like, they're always uh, making top lists, but they really seem to be the IPA uh, juggernaut of. Uh, Southeast PA, if not all of Pennsylvania. They're just killing it on the IPA front. Where's Hidden River at? Um, I forget what they're... Is it... I don't... I, mean, I just... I mean, I it's, it's about there, it's about 10 minutes from me, but I forget what their, like, actual hometown... Oh, Douglasville, Douglasville. Okay. Yeah. But really, really close to me out here. Great stuff. Their brewery is in a uh, old uh, haunted farmhouse. So they do ghost tours at night on the weekends, and they didn't really change the farmhouse at all. Like you, you walk in, it has all the the rooms still. It has the library, the living room, and it feels like you're hanging out in an old haunted house while having their beers. That's right up your alley. Yeah. And this one's quite good as always. All right, should we get into this? Watch this or die. Yeah. So today uh, we are talking about Knock at the Cabin, uh, the newest M Night movie. Um, Still in theaters and and just hit VOD. Yeah, just hit VOD. Is it? I don't know if it's streaming for free on any service yet, or if it's just for nah, just rental rent yet. But yeah, um, Sean is going to read the synopsis. Yeah, the synopsis is pretty brief here. We can expand on it ourselves if we need. Um, but it's a uh, while vacationing a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse succinct but that's exactly what the movie is yeah yeah uh the one thing i did appreciate right off the bat is that uh and i'm generally with uh m- movies in general despite of it being a horror movie thriller or whatever i like that they just get right into it with this because you know, oh, yeah, there's, some, sometimes there was, like the beginning there's just like the introing the characters it's like yeah you know i don't i don't always need that so this one uh with that synopsis i mean it's perfect because it just it's just that no there was no fluff to start this movie it just 
dives right in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the cutting right to it and throwing you right into the to the thrill and the uneasiness of it all with Batista um, encountering the I can't remember the actress named little girl. Kristen. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. So right off, right off the the bat, you have the the tension being built. Dude, he is a big fucking human being. Yes. Is that a, is that, he's a very large human being. Is he's that true very, in real life? He's so intimidating in real life. Like the first time I met him, and like you know, he gives you a handshake, and you feel like your arm's gonna get ripped off. He's like, he's that big. And the way they wrote him into this was perfect because he was obviously huge he's intimidating and he has uh with everything going on with what they're talking about like a lot of intimidation going on but he's also a super gentle gentle uh, giant yeah it was very well done by him angelina did you get to like spend any time with the cast while you were doing this and get to yeah. know them at all or yeah we spent a lot of time with the cast so i was a set pa the set pas especially get to spend a lot of time with the cast um dave particularly brought his own assistant with him so I didn't interact with Dave as much, but I mean, we were on set together for hours a day. So of course you're going to end up interacting. So, um, and what, what mm-hmm. generally are, uh, is the responsibilities of a set PA on, on set? Awesome what does that question. look like? Well, so how much do you guys know about the structure of like how a movie set works? Cause that might help, help explain it. If you don't know anything, that's totally fine. I can explain it in a um, pretty little, little. Yeah. pretty little. Okay, so there's a bunch of different departments that help make a movie happen, and one of them is called the assistant director's department, which is exactly what it sounds like. We assist the director. Um, so it's in that department is the director, and then there's a levels of AD. So it's the first AD, second AD, second, second AD, which sounds funny. And then there's the PAs. The key PA is like the leader of the key P- of the PAs. And then there's PAs. There's usually about five on set for a normal size movie. And each one of them is assigned a particular task. So there's a first team PA who specifically helps get cast ready. There's base camp, which sort of does the same thing, but offset. There's a background PA. So any extras that you see, they kind of direct the extras and they help get them ready. Um, There is a walkie PA who's in charge of the walkie talkies, but also is by camera a lot. That's who I was. And then, um, oh my gosh, there's a fifth one. Who am I forgetting? Did I name five? Oh, the key PA. The key PA would be the fifth. So um, so this first, first AD is the one who works directly with the director. And they're kind of my boss. So it's like Knight and the it's, uh, first AD, his name was Adam on this movie, work hand in hand to make everything that needs to happen on set happen to every department. They're like the voice to like, okay, hey, electric, that light needs to move. It comes from Knight's mouth to the AD's to us to give to everybody else on set so um we're kind of just the voice of that department basically is like the easiest way to explain what pas do no, we, help, we help assist the directors and the assistant directors to make everything happen and we let everybody on set know what needs to happen so it's no, a little that, confusing but it makes no it makes perfect sense because yeah. googling what are the responsibilities of the set pa was like very general it's it was, it was, general. Mm-hmm. It was just like helps the helps the ad and that that was exactly yeah and it, it's simple things like um so we, well, a big part of our job are lockups and a lockup is exactly what it sounds like we lock up the set so if we're looking out of a window in a shot 
usually if somebody's if you're looking out a window on a shot there's going to be a pa to the left of that window and a pa to the right of that window making sure that nobody on crew walks past that window because we'll catch them so that's a big part of our job um we call rolls and cuts so we all wear walkies the assist or the director will say rolling we'll hear it on our walkie and then we'll shout it out to everybody same thing with cuts so um we're the kind of the voice of them in that way too so the rest of the crew know that's what that we're rolling and a lot of our job is to tell people to be quiet which is very unfortunate because people don't like to be told to be quiet but they have because <laughs> we're making a movie hmm. uh, so yeah it's it's really really basic things like that but um you know we're, we're sort of bottom of the totem pole but i have to say like our jobs are pretty important because it doesn't happen without people knowing what's happening on set so well yeah and so, directing all the traffic like that's that's really interesting yeah, yeah. How how did you uh, end up in a set PA role? Did you start there or did you start somewhere else? Like when you first got involved in, in film production? A lot of times people start as a PA. It's kind of like the only thing you can go into without being in a union or sort of knowing somebody. Actually, you kind of have to know somebody for for this <laughs> for this to get into. But um I actually started in like 2009 gosh probably like 20 I guess at that point um and I was just doing background acting so I worked for a radio station at the point at that point and they had a casting director in they were like we need people to do background work for some movie they were filming in Atlantic City and I just did it for fun and I loved being on a movie set so I did background acting for like 10 years on the side um, never thinking that like, oh, I want to make this career like a career. I never wanted to be an actress. That was never a thing. I just really knew that I loved being on movie sets. And um, I tried out all these other careers and I was always looking for something that like, okay, what can I be doing next? What can I do to make me happy? Or like, what can I do to not work and make money? Because I hate this. <laughs> um, so I was like, I kept going back to the, I love being on movie sets. And then I figured like, what? I could try to do this for a living. So every time I was on a set as a background actor, I would find the PAs because I knew that's how you started. And I would just hound them like, I want to do this. How do I do this? Get me on a set. And I think I, I literally think it was like three years of me begging people that somebody actually gave me a shot. And they called me up one day and they said, we need a PA for the next month. It was for a feature in New York. And he said, but if you want to do it, I need you in New York in three hours. And mm. it's for a month. Like, will you do it? And I had to answer Jesus. right there. Just and about how long it takes to get there. Yeah, yeah. And I, exactly. Yeah, I had to pack a bag and immediately get in my car. But I knew, like, I had been trying for so long that I had to just take the chance. And I've been fully employed since that day. So um, that's awesome. I, it's kind of a bit of luck and, you know, asking questions and not giving up and just being in the right place at the right time, I guess. So. Hey, that's that's super, super awesome. Yeah. And it's the first time that I'm not thinking, what else could I be doing? Yeah. Really great uh, yeah. <laughs> that's good. You found a happy place at work. Yeah. That's it's not always easy. Yeah. <laughs> so when was the first time you got to actually sit down and watch the movie? Was uh like after you finished rapping, like how was it more recent that you got to see like the oh, yeah. whole finished product? Some of you probably saw it before me. So I saw, I finally saw the finished product. It came out, it came out on that Thursday night. I saw it Saturday morning. So yeah, oh, it came cool. out Friday technically, but they start showing it Thursday. I saw it Saturday morning. And then we had a, like a casting crew screening on Sunday. So I saw it again on Sunday just because I had to, but. <laughs> what did you think? 
<laughs> I are you, like are you are you a thriller fan or a horror fan or I in some ways yes in some ways no so I do like horror movies but I don't usually go to the ones that are like like gory slasher films I'll watch them I enjoy them but they're like not necessarily my thing I tend to go for like I guess they call I don't know what they call them like the more psychological things like I remember being young and the ring freaked me out those type of movies are usually what I go yeah. for um so I'm gonna be honest I'm not sure if I would like go to the movie theaters to see this if I didn't work on it um but I enjoyed it it was it's really interesting watching a movie I have a totally dis- different perspective watching movies in general now that I work in film but especially working one on or watching one that I worked on. Cause like, I know what's behind the cabin when we filmed the scene. I know what day this was. And I remember like watching a scene and be like, Oh yeah, I filmed this on my birthday and I was eating a piece of birthday cake when we were filming, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So it's really interesting, but I liked it. Um, and guys, I would not be offended if you said you hated it. I know you said you didn't, but I didn't write it. I didn't direct it or anything. So, but I did. Uh, enjoy it. I thought it was, you know, it's exactly what I thought it would be actually making it. I, I wasn't really sure going into watching it, um, but it was exactly what I thought it would be. So it's really cool. So it's really funny you say that because uh, when we were talking about doing this before the movie was even released and Sean came mm-hmm. up with the idea of having you on, I was like, man, I really hope it doesn't suck. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to pretend. Um, but no, and then as soon as, as soon as we said Jeff, who's not with us today, as soon as we heard that he liked it, we were like, oh, we're good. Like yeah. I already knew, we already knew that we would like it. Um, as soon as he said he liked it, I think I sent Angelina a message and was like, "Oh, we'd love to have you on." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, um, like I'm not even worried about. What I was I a little bit worried like, about myself because I'm so hot or cold on End Night. Like I either love yeah. his movies or hate them. Yeah. And this is definitely one of the ones I love. I I think it's like in my top five of his. Oh my yeah. gosh, that's so cool to hear. I love yeah. that. I and, said the same I mean, thing to Pete. I think this was uh, one of his top five best and definitely the, the best one I've seen in recent years from from him. That's so, so cool. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, it was... Oh, crap. I totally lost my train of thought there. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. What I was going to say is that normally with this format of this Watch This or Die... I guess we, we can, because we have other things to talk with you about, we can kind of do this at the beginning, even though we do it at the end. But normally, well, the whole watch this or die thing is we give, we rate the movie, whether we give it a watch or we give it a die. Okay. And uh, through the through the whole series of doing this, we've given very few dies. So, um, or it'll, like it'll be like a split. Yeah, this is a 100% watch all around for us. I mean, I not to speak for the other guys, but I'm sure they're obviously based on what we just said. Yeah, and that um, was, Jeff already said that was his vote. Yep. Um, uh, the only ones we've given dies are like really obscure, like weird Japanese movies that were recorded on VHS. And, no, um, dude, Terrifier Pop- 2 was terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, I think we yeah. gave Terrifier 2 a die. Yeah, you're right. Um, and since then, I've seen lots of stuff about it, and it just makes me a little upset. But anyway, we don't need to get into that. Um, <laughs> So one of the things I want to ask is because I know, um, uh, I mean, I've always admired M. Night as um, for being like local guy. He's kind of like, you know, local hero as far as like mm-hmm. always supporting things around here, uh, Philly and, and the suburbs. Because I remember it was such a big deal, like when he filmed, 
filming in Bucks County for um, signs and stuff like that. Um, where was this set? So we filmed at a soundstage in Aston, Pennsylvania. So something really interesting if you were to watch it again. Anything that you see inside, we filmed on a soundstage in the interiors wow. of cabin we built on a soundstage. Anything that you see outside, we filmed in South Jersey in the Pine Barrens, where they oh, actually cool. this the our department actually built that cabin from scratch. The Greens department planted acres of like foliage and everything. It was gorgeous in real life like and that cabin looks like it had been there forever it just was so perfect in that place like walking up to it was just so amazing um and they they did such a good job like it's exactly like you see it in the movie um and they built the interiors mostly in the pine barrens too just in case we had to go in there and film it all but for the most part anything you see outside was in jersey anything inside was on the soundstage in aston cool. was was the final scene westchester the when, final scene was Westchester. Yeah, yeah with the, the flash forward that was in Westchester yep. on um, I forget what street it was, one of the main streets. But yeah, we filmed that there. Look at you. <laughs> I would um, never, have, I would never have guessed that. That's oh, I didn't, movie. I didn't know. My sister, like in the theater, blurted out, "That's Westchester." Yep, <laughs> that's right. She went to, she went to college there. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, what was what? When was this filmed? Uh. We started. Was, was it... Yo, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I was just gonna, Was it last year or? <laughs> no, it was. Uh, we started filming in April of this year, and we wrapped oh, wow. like mid June. Yeah, so it wasn't that long of a turnaround. Cool. Mm-hmm. So COVID protocols were like not crazy. I mean, they are. They still are on sets. I think on set everything's like a little heightened than what you would see elsewhere because. If one of the cast members gets set, it costs it shuts everything like down. tens yeah. of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So um, even now, like I'm working now and we still get tested three times a week. Um, you still have to wear a mask everywhere on set, outside, everything. Um, they still try to do social distancing and stuff, especially for the, the cast and everything. But yeah, it's still pretty intense. Like even when we have a long weekend, we'll get sent home with COVID tests and we still have to stay within that cadence. So they mm-hmm. take they they're still pretty serious only because you know it's a cost thing in case somebody oh yeah it, but makes um, sense yeah so your one thing i was wondering do your responsibilities extend beyond like when the production wraps is that the end of the set pa or the pa in general's uh responsibilities it is yeah so okay Wrap day, it's it's a very exciting day. Wrap day, we uh, pop open a bottle of champagne, and when we go home that night, that's it for us. Um, a lot of times, with like with pretty much with everything I've done, we've always come back for reshoots, but those will be like sometimes months later, and it'll be a, only be a couple of days here and there. Um, but that's like under a different contract, so you're not necessarily tied to that. So for the most part, yeah, that's it. That last day of filming is your last day of work. Okay. Yeah. And then when you mentioned you were the uh, walkie PA, does that mean you were working uh, most closely with the uh, cinematographers? No. So actually it's, it's, it sounds so silly. I think when I actually tell people about this, but everybody on set wears walkie talkies to communicate and the walkie PA title comes from like, I was responsible for like um, inventorying them and make sure everybody had the walkie they need and getting them anything they needed in addition to that. And like, if we went on a location and we had additional staff, I'd have to order them, stuff like that. But that wasn't my only responsibility. Um, 
luckily something the one of the best parts about being the walkie pa is that because that's your only responsibility during shoot like during shooting not not much is happening with walkies because everybody has theirs already um so a lot of the times like if the key PA or one of the ADs has to step away from the camera or if there's multiple cameras, the walkie PA is next in line to be next to camera because somebody always next has to be next to the camera, the DP or like the cinematographer, like you said. Um, and sometimes like the key grip or, you know, department heads, just so we know where all of them are. So usually the the walkie PA is in, in, in line for that if somebody has to step off. So being a walkie PA has given me a lot of opportunity to um, either step up as key or stand next to a camera or um, even actually knock at the cabin. If you if you notice, there's a lot of grasshopper work. You see a lot of grasshoppers. Mm-hmm. We use grasshoppers. And because I was in this position, I got to work directly. It was just me and the camera operator and uh, the bug brothers who actually brought in grasshoppers. Um, and we got to like film all those scenes just on our own, which was so, so cool. So oh, very um, cool. it sounds like a really silly position, but we do get to do some cool things, even though, you know, handing out walkies doesn't sound too thrilling. <laughs> no, that, I don't think that sounds silly at all. <laughs> so I had you... a question. Oh, no, oh, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead, Sean. Oh, I was going to say, did you show up anywhere in the background of the film? No, actually in the diner scene, they had put a bunch of us, um, they had put a bunch of us in there, but they cut, they cut us all out. <laughs> ah. That's this was one of this was one of M Knight's funnier uh, cameos, I thought. Uh, oh, we... that was our first day of filming. That was our first that first day we did that infomercial. Isn't that funny? Yeah, I always <laughs> love spotting him. Yeah, um, it's always funny. Um, I mean, I imagine he always every interview I've ever seen him. He seems like a super genuine guy. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine that he's really nice to work with and everything. He's great to work with. He's really great to work with. He's really open about like what he wants and he knows what he wants. And, um, you know, we're never, we're never sitting around trying to figure out what's going to happen next or, you know, he, we're never sitting around cause he's figuring out what he likes and what he doesn't like. Like he goes in knowing what he likes and knowing what he wants the actors to do. And the actors, like everybody I've come across at least love working with him. He's really kind to the crew. So, I mean, I've only had really great experiences working with him cause I've worked on his productions, you know, with Servant. It was for seven or eight months straight. So it's always been, it's always been really great. Yeah, I really enjoy that show too. I haven't watched the final season yet, but um, it's on my, it's on my list. Yeah. Um, um, Jimmy Fallon has a really funny story. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard him talk about it, uh, where he was um, like doing his monologue one day, doing the Tonight Show and at night was just in the crowd just like as a as a as a guest and he was just like it's it's gotta be kind of off-putting when it's like someone you've interviewed before wait wait a minute are you and then you're like wait i'm sure your brain goes somewhere like am i am i in a movie right now (laughs) you know it's gotta be a a little off off off-putting but yeah yeah, i I thought that was really funny that just like like he's like dude just let me know you're here i'll I'll set you up like (laughs) yeah but he's just like no i'm like a normal guy i can just yeah yeah Um, and I know, and I know from hearing him interviewed that he's his daughter's getting involved too with with some stuff. Was she at all yeah. part of this movie, or was that? I know she's a part of Servant. Yeah, she she didn't she wasn't. I mean, she was on set with us a bit on Knock at the Cabin, but she directed quite a few episodes uh, of Servant. Um, so I've worked with her a ton too. I think she I think she had two or three episodes in season four that were that she directed on with her on you know on her own, and it's great. I mean how cool to grow up with M night and being on a set yeah. 
you know, and seeing all of that. And I think she's only like 23 or 24 and she's already doing all of these directing gigs. And um, Knight just announced that she has her own movie coming out or she's, you know, that's starting production. So that's awesome. Yeah. Her name's Ashana. She's great too. Cool. How how different was the experience working on Servant? I'm not sure if you were in the same role for that versus working on like a movie set. Was it a, a lot different or was it just like the length and yeah it's a it's so it's so different in so many ways but it's the same in so many ways so it was interesting the way we did this is um we filmed half of season four of servant and then we took a hiatus and a large majority of the crew during that hiatus went to knock at the cabin to film that and then when we wrapped knock at the cabin we went back to film the other half of servant season four um so it's it's interesting because you're working with the same people it was we were just going from one project to another so in some ways not much changed at all Mm. but going from a tv show where you're you know we'll do it's normally like i think on average for tv for an episode for a half hour to an hour it can range between like 10 and 15 days per episode um so to film you know, we're filming for six months, five to six months for a whole season, whereas we're doing a whole movie in five weeks. Um, just the pace, the pace is very, very different. So it's it was interesting going back and forth between those to see that. But um, between, yeah, other than the length and the locations, um, it wasn't it wasn't too different. I mean, the filming style was different. We filmed, I don't know if you guys knew this. I thought this was pretty interesting too. We filmed all of Knock at the Cabin on actual film. Yeah, 35 um, millimeter, right? Yep, yep. He... And so that was the first project I've ever seen that. It was really, really cool to watch because I think each role had around, I don't know, 11 minutes of film. So we were constantly having to reload the camera with the film and seeing it being hauled in and out. And then they unroll, you know, they un- I don't know the technical terms. I'm definitely not in camera. Um, seeing them transfer all the film and then keeping it in the dark, like these dark tents and moving it was really really cool so I had never seen anything like that until knock but uh and Knight had brought out these like old I think they were from the 90s these long lenses and cameras to figure out the shot um so in that way it was very very different I think we're all huge proponents and fans of stuff shot on actual film and you could tell that with the quality of the movie and the it's not a graininess it's like a texture exactly to the yeah, cinematography yeah. that you just don't get on digital. Or it was, this was really device. beautifully shot, and I, I read yeah. I read a note um, somewhere about, about the thirty five millimeter. I guess M Night wanted to have like that authentic nineties thriller look. That's exactly right. Yep, that's why he brought out those lenses to figure out. You know, he wanted that he wanted that nineties look for sure. It was pretty cool, and uh, the way you light, the way you have to light the shots for camera is totally different. So, um, you see the you see the show or the movie, and it's it's not dark by any means, but it, it, it has like a darker quality to it, I think. Um, but being on set, we were surrounded by dozens and dozens of extremely powerful lights. It got pretty hot actually, cause there were so many lights. So it's, it's so interesting to see how the film picks up that light because we were like, people were actually wearing sunglasses on set cause there were so many lights, but mm. on, it doesn't transfer onto film cause film just takes in light differently. So I think that's super cool. Yeah, I mean, no, now you mentioned it, it was it was a very bright, you know, sun shining type movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those shots that he was getting, like the the close ups of the actors' faces, yep, 
oh my god like very well done yeah i thought so too yeah like one that you know i don't want to spoil for anybody listening who hasn't seen it but there's certain parts where they get pretty close up on the four horsemen i thought those shots were so so cool yep i wanted to ask about um um the actress Kristen that played when mm-hmm. um my niece is like it has to be right around her age is she like eight nine she's eight yep mm-hmm. okay so um was there anything that they like did i mean i imagine there's probably like i don't know if her parents were there or mm-hmm. if there was like a person but stuff that was done to kind of like remove the heaviness of the of everything in the movie to like not like scare the shit out of her um a little bit it's it's um i mean she had to be there for some some really really serious scenes and she had to act around obviously and react to really serious scenes and hear pretty crazy dialogue too which can be i'm sure be super scary for a little kid um so her mom was there with her every day her mom was always on set um also on any set with anybody under the age of 18 there's always some sort of um teacher or child welfare um staff member on too so they're there specifically to make sure that the children are okay and that you know just by like you know sag contracts and all of that that they have to eat every certain hour and all that so there Mm -hmm. is somebody there aside from their parents to make sure that you know they're taken care of and they're not scared and um they're not doing anything that they shouldn't be doing um so in terms of that uh that's what they did but she i mean she was there for a lot of it she was great like but but she she, knows it i mean she obviously knows it's not real and everything she knows it's not real and that's the other thing too like uh jonathan and andrew who play eric or sorry jonathan ben who play eric and andrew were so fun with her like they're constantly playing on set and picking her up and throwing her around and they're joking around and she's jump roping, you know, stuff like that. So they're, they're keeping it light on set, but then she knows she has to go into this space to act, but she was really, really great. And she had a great attitude and she was super happy to be there. And the cast, like, you know, they were like definitely one little family. It was actually really cute to watch. Plus Jonathan is, uh, he's, uh, in frozen so yeah does she does she know did she like recognize that she probably or? did yeah i don't know if they've had those conversations but because yeah, i know i know sometimes did. children can't like associate the voice with the because i know i've seen like pat and oswald interviewed and he's like yeah kids don't understand that i'm remy from ratatouille yeah yeah but, exactly <laughs> until they do that voice yeah um she, i mean she was super mature too like she she knew what she was you know she knew what she was doing and she was she's really really smart um she's really like just well spoken. It sounds like it's like it seems like you're talking to an adult when you talk to her. It's actually pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. I mean, even her her scenes, especially in the beginning when she was talking to Dave, she seemed. I mean, that's when she seemed like it was immediately. I was like, oh, she's like the same age as Macy. I can tell she's yep. just like curious and. Um, but yeah, that I just that had that question because my sis, my niece is obsessed with dinosaurs and my sister in law won't let me show her Jurassic Park. So I'm like, Aww. I wonder how she. I wonder how she was on this um on this movie with all the heaviness yeah. and stuff but yeah yeah that's cool is she is she was she a local kid that he found or uh no, she wasn't local she, this was actually her first like big acting mo- uh, acting job which i thought was really really cool and i think she, i think she did pretty good for this being her first job so it's gonna be yeah, that's really impressive yeah. well, especially that um uh the thing at the end with just the 
turning the music on and off and the kind of mm-hmm. like I mean that was you know that was just like a dealing you know that was obviously dealing with you know what happened but yeah such a serious moment yeah yeah but kind but, of funny too it was it was funny it was like lighthearted for that and uh, yeah like they are having a whole conversation without having to really say anything just with that song right yeah uh, uh, one thing I was going to say, um, I love that Jonathan Groff, who is kind of like on top of the world right now with mm-hmm. some of his acting roles that he, he did a movie like this. Isn't it cool? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, have no, I know he did Mindhunter, which I haven't watched yet and I desperately need to now. Um, oh, you should, you should definitely watch Mindhunter. That's really, Mindhunter good. Yeah, really, really That good. sounds right up my alley. I definitely need to watch that. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to see him in this. I, he's great. He's a really cool guy. Um, he actually so you know the robe he was wearing in the movie the blue striped robe mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. bought one of those for every single person on crew when we wrapped like just uh-huh. like, um really really sweet guy like super easy to work with him and ben who played andrew were like their chemistry was incredible in real life um, yeah, i think that showed i yeah. thought their chemistry on screen was was very good yeah they were so amazing together it was really cool to watch Was there um, supposed to be the symbolism of uh, the, the the grasshoppers? Mm-hmm. Was like, was that supposed to be anything, or was that just kind of like, oh, she was collecting grasshoppers, and Dave's character collects grasshoppers? Like, I don't I, I'm, know because I know that I, I just know that everything. Like, he doesn't do anything unintentional so like exactly. i was kind of like trying to think oh is the grasshopper jar like the world and we're supposed to be like but then but then you don't really see the jar again after so then i was kind of like oh maybe it's just it was just something that yeah that's a great question i was going to say the same thing i don't know like i don't know specifically what his intentions were with them but exactly like you said i don't think he did it unintentionally and there were scenes like you know in the beginning she's catching them and they're hopping around she's naming them and they're going in the jar and then you do see them a little bit later when like you know they're slowing down in the jar and then you see mm-hmm. the dead one so um i'm sure there was some something he tied in i'm just not exactly sure what it was but i imagine there was some symbolism well they put them in the the jar and then close it off and that's mm-hmm. kind of what happens to the family right. in the cabin i wonder if right. it was just like a thing. just a metaphor yep exactly and they get stuck in there and have to figure shit out. Right, right, yeah. Um, were you a um, a big Harry Potter kid? Oh boy. So like, what? Because <laughs> uh, Grant. How did you know that? Oh well, I just I don't know. I figure you, she's our age, right? You're somewhere around your thirties, early thirties. I'm thirty three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're all th- well. Vinny's thirty four. We're thirty three. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I just kind of assume, and uh, yeah, so I figured, you know, between Servant and this meeting Rupert Grant was probably a big deal. Let me tell you, I had many times <laughs> where I would have to like sit there and I'd, I'd pause for a minute and I would just like be next to Rupert Grant. We're just working. And I'd have to like think to myself, like, what is my life right now? Like, <laughs> it's not like wrong. There, it's not yeah, wrong. Like, there were times where, you know, on Servant where I would be cueing him to walk into set on action and it's just the two of us in a location and i'm thinking like i 
how did I end up here? Because yes, <laughs> huge Harry Potter fan, like read this, read the books, don't know how many times, seen the movies, don't know how many times. My ringtone, not kidding, for a decade now has been the Harry Potter theme song. And I have been terrified of my phone accidentally going off <laughs> the net, um, but I can't change it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's so, I'll, I think I'll never get over that. The fact that, and it's funny because- I have a picture with him that I took when we wrapped that I've been like too nervous to post because I don't know what to say. Um, but yeah, I pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's like one of my biggest achievements to say that I worked with Rupert Grant for seven months. <laughs> Part of me really wishes that your phone went off like while he was putting the white. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> I honestly don't know what I would do. But I'll tell you, he is... Out of everybody I just said, he is the easiest actor I've ever worked with. He's he's so kind and so, like, he sticks to himself. If you need him on set, he's there. If you, you know, if they need to change him, he asks no questions. He's just, like, so easy, so, so, so professional. Um, it's, you never know what to expect when you start working with an actor, especially some of the ones with bigger names, so... And again, being a Harry Potter fan, I'm like, you know, they say don't meet your heroes. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to meet Ron Weasley. Um, he he just blew all that away, like super, super easy. And uh, yeah, has has he just <laughs> has he just taken to Philadelphia? Did he I don't want to dox uh, Rupert Grint, but did he move to Philadelphia or has he just been? No, no, I think he's I th I think he's still based in London, but OK. He, he lived here for obviously like on and off for I think yeah so Servant was four years I think totaled over you know going into five years for filming yeah, I was gonna say he um, was here for a while yeah so I think when they were filming he'd he'd live here and then he'd go back to the UK and his wife and his daughter would be here with him too um but no I, he didn't move here full-time it's interesting he's like you know nights nights go to now which is kind of funny <laughs> I do really like his uh his his American accent, I think, is for the roles that he played in both of those two things. Like, he played like, you know, like serious, kind of mm -hmm. douchey, mm -hmm. but yeah, like, you know, that, like, that kind of. But like, but like, like I especially love his, like him and Servant. How he's just like going in and just grabbing like their super expensive bottles of wine and just like <laughs> he's, he's, he's so yeah. good, so good in Servant. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Uh, that was I was that was uh, I I enjoyed seeing him uh, in both of those roles. So that's cool that you got to meet him. Yeah, it's it's different from like what everybody's used to him as too. So, um, and so another little behind the scenes cool info um, during his big scene where I don't know I know people are gonna listen to this who haven't seen Knock at the Cabin, but during his during the end of his time on the sh on the movie whether that you know however that ended um, he got a he got a standing ovation when he did that oh wow that. oh wow uh, it was he's so it was so good it was so good and i remember him getting that standing ovation from the crew and i that was my biggest thing i wanted to see cuz i was i was out behind the cabin when that was being filmed and i could just hear it and i'm like i have no idea what happened and everybody said he got a standing ovation. So I was super excited to watch his scene. He was so good. It was a really powerful and uh, good scene, I mm -hmm. thought. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of pressure for the to be the first one, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was not what I... not This movie wasn't, I don't think, your typical M. Night twist movie. But I did 
see that coming at the time that it did yeah yeah you're right it doesn't have like the typical twist people would ask me that all the time what's the twist what's the twist and i'm like i don't know i don't think there was you know a big twist with this one but yeah there are definitely things that are unexpected um did you get to uh hold or wield any of the crudely fashioned weapons (laughs) no i wish um the props the props department for this is the same props department as servant um and it was it was fun because they got to kind of make up a whole bunch of different weapons and present them tonight so i remember them saying how much fun they had just kind of taking apart old medieval weapons and new ones and fastening them together to create these perfect weapons for each of them which i think they prefer we call them tools and not weapons but uh... okay yeah (laughs) um I love the I I love that the, there was a sledgehammer head on a chain yeah. like a sledgehammer wasn't officially like mostly swinging on a chain yeah <laughs> yeah sledgehammer wouldn't have done the job right right you needed to swing yeah um it's fun though because on our wrap gifts we all got like a really cool Carhartt jacket for a wrap gift and a and a really nice hat and embroidered on the Carhartt jacket and the hat are the four weapons which is super cool. oh that's awesome that's really cool mm-hmm. yeah. And you haven't posted pictures of that? I know. I know. <laughs> it's funny now, too, because, like, on set with this new project, a lot of us have worked on that. And half the crew is wearing these these tan car jackets. It's actually really funny. Um, they're nice, though. They're really, really nice. So, so if you can't say what mm-hmm. the project you're currently working on mm-hmm. is, do you have any future plans with being a set PA or do you have aspirations of being an AD or do you want to yeah. take it in a different direction? Yeah. So my goal right now is to be an AD. Um, something else in this strange world I work in um, to be an AD, you have to join the union, the DGA, it's the director's guild of America. Um, but to get into the DGA, you have to be a PA on set, like a set PA. You can't be a props PA or a, um, you know, or an art PA. You have to be a set PA and you have to do it for 600 days. Um, so you have to be on a call sheet 600 times to be eligible to join the union. And you can imagine, even if you worked every single day, it would still take almost two years. So it takes a really, really long time um, to get there. And I started late in life. You know, some people start start this industry right out of college. And I made the career change at, you know, 31, almost 32. Um, so it's going to take me a while. I think I have like 200 and 20-ish days under my belt so I'm slowly inching my way towards that 600 but that is the goal sometimes you know sometimes I get a a little overwhelmed with this department because it is one of the most stressful um and I think "Hmm, maybe I should go check out the props department but no I know I feel like this is kind of where I belong so yeah no I think you're on an awesome trajectory that's really really cool thank you something I know nothing about (laughs) <laughs> i didn't i didn't either and t- until you're in it it's very confusing how this all works but yeah oh i know i was gonna ask you was paul trembley uh on set a lot he was on set a couple days yeah he wasn't okay. there a ton but he was on set a couple days he would sit in with um with night at video village and kind of watch what was happening so he's a really nice guy too oh he was the author of the story yeah right? yeah, yeah he, he wrote the, the... it's called a cabin at the end of the world right Vinny, have you read it? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of a bunch of his books. Uh, Head oh really? Full, Head Full oh, Ghost is really great. good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they the screenplay they stuck with 
the novel pretty closely other than the end. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I haven't read the book, which I need to now, of course. But um, yeah, I heard there was a little bit different in- ending. Yeah, persuaded. it's just yeah. as tragic, but different. So then, like, having read the book, I was expecting something to happen. And then when it went the other way, I was like, oh, okay, I guess they had to do yeah, yeah. something a little bit different. It, sound, it sounded, from what I've heard about the book, the book ends a lot heavier than the uh, movie does. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, can I ask you guys what stood out about the movie? I'm so curious, like, from an outside perspective, what stood out to you guys? Um, well, one thing for me, um, and I think I'm going to sneak it in because the other guys might have said it before me. Um, we're all friend. We're all wrestling fans from okay. way from uh, way dated. back. Okay, <laughs> and um, and you know he's done a lot now. You know he's yeah. been in Bond movies. He's a Marvel superhero, but I think that he really proved his acting chops in this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I really loved, um, because I'm in in, in not to like put myself in a position, but. I'm kind of a gentle giant myself. So like <laughs> seeing that um, role and like him being a teacher and, and being the coach and like, you can really, I felt like you really felt like he didn't want to be there. Yeah. Like, like his, I mean, his, the character didn't want to be in this position, but felt so seriously about it. That yeah, obviously like, he had, like no choice. Yeah. he had no choice. Yeah. And um and really, all the, the all all four of them like seemed very genuine in that in that portrayal of, of the woman how she was a nurse and she was treating them and making sure that they were like okay and um, you know with treating the guy's concussion and treating cuts and stuff. Um, so um, that was a that was a big thing for me. Um, I thought it was a really well acted movie. Yeah, because a badly acted movie takes me out of the movie. Yeah, um, so. especially when it's this intimate. If it was, if they were off their game, it would have been a flop. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, I I thought their mannerisms uh, led me to believe their intentions, kind of too. Like I, especially uh, Dave Batista, I thought he just everything you said. He I don't I don't know if it was face acting or just his you know body language. You know I I felt that too that he did not want to be there. Yeah. Just a just a really well acted performance. Uh, I liked all of the acting performances, uh, pretty much across the board. Yeah, they're all good. And uh, I, you know, typically I'd say I'd like to see a little bit more violence in a movie like this. Not that it wasn't violent; they just didn't really show a lot of it. Yeah, but I, I think I that, that that made it more effective. I was going to say the same, I, exactly where I was going with it. I thought that made it more effective in getting the point across of you know what was happening. Because as as each horseman went down and each disaster occurred like as an audience you were experiencing it with the family like oh maybe this is real and they're not crazy or messing with them and uh yeah if like for the, like the first the first one i was like oh is, did it is he even is he actually dead mm-hmm. but it was like a little bit of deniability but then the tsunami like, thing oh, i don't know like, like oh like, there is a tsunami happening but then one of the dads i forget which one explains it away like this was filmed six hours ago they knew about it before they even got here so i mean again it was different as i read the book but just i got sucked into the movie and was like experiencing all those questions and emotions with them it was so well done yeah i, I didn't know where the film was going to go and pretty much until the end 
the yeah they have you questioning oh like oh they're definitely telling the truth but then you're like okay but maybe they're not oh I'm like, yeah i'm sitting there the truth. yeah i'm yep. sitting there like i believe batista like I, I believe his character what he's saying but then like you find out the backstory of a lot of them and i'm like oh like maybe there is more to what's happening here like maybe mm -hmm. there is like there's clearly history between rupert grant and uh i think ben's character yeah andrew yeah the... have you guys seen the interview with dave and jimmy fallon about how knight casted dave for this role i did yeah okay it's interesting that you guys said that because in that interview he kind of said you know with his acting that he actually wanted he casted dave because he felt like he was he was leonard like he's this big giant but who's actually like a teddy bear and really sweet and would actually feel that way in this situation like he doesn't want to do this and he hates being in this position but he feels like he has to do it um like a gentle giant i guess is the best way to put it but that's exactly why knight said he casted him in that interview leonard is also i mean i'm sure it was his name in the book but it's the perfect name for that character like it mm -hmm. fits yeah you know yeah. um and nobody named leonard is is a huge asshole yeah right <laughs> um yeah i i also like it's also one of those movies that um, you immediately, as you're watching it, are putting yourself in that scenario. Yeah. yeah. And so you're like, so you're like, no, like, like, why would I, why Get would I believe out. these people? I mean, especially like this world, we live in a crazy world where there's tons of insane people. So like, yeah, you, you're, you're, you're not, it's like, it's very difficult to put, to, to believe that. So it's yeah. like. And um, obviously, um, the having the storyline with um, one of them being a child, you know, yeah. makes it that much more difficult. Where if it was like three adults, you know, um, those three adults, maybe one would gang up, or two of them would gang up on the other one. You know, you know. Yeah, but yeah. yeah it would turn into like a saw sequel. Yeah. 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 It's so true though. Like I, I feel like a lot of people probably left this movie asking whoever they were with, like, well, what would you do? You know? Yeah. Causing a bunch of tension and fights in the drive home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the event with the the planes. Mm -hmm. Try try to avoid spoilers as best I can. The mm -hmm. one, the one shot I I forget which which actor it was when he went outside the cabin. And it's like a, a low shot, and you see the plane yep. just falling out of the sky over his shoulder. That was, mm. Mm. yeah. Was that, scene, that scene stuck. I think I think I, I think I gasped out loud for that one. Yeah, we um, obviously that was that was CGI all effects with the plane. But I remember filming that, and you know we know what the shot is. Like we know what we're filming that there will be a plane, but we don't actually see it until we saw it in the movie. So um, wait, what? <laughs> yeah no we crashed the plane <laughs> we crashed the plane um yeah but we don't see any like version of what they're trying to create like on any screen or anything um and being somebody who's very fearful of flying that that scene actually seeing it on the big screen was very uh anxiety producing which, there which character was that? i forget which dad it was i think it was over andrew um okay right yeah I think Eric might have walked out on the back deck with him and it was over Andrew because then Andrew walked away and like the lightning starts. Okay. Um, well, that was, yeah, that was when, 
uh, Leonard's character goes. Yeah. He wants yeah. to go outside, right? Yep. Yep. That's right. Were you nearby? Did you catch what direction M. Night gave him for that scene? Like having to have that reaction, not knowing there was planes falling out of the sky, or not being able to see planes falling out of the sky? No, to be honest, I don't remember what he was saying at that point. Um, that scene was like, that was a lot to film too. Like, you know, with, with Leonard there on the back porch. Um, I remember that being like a very, that whole part of it, you know, being the end of the movie, being a very quiet scene. Like everybody yeah. was super quiet because we knew it was happening. Um, That's, that scene was kind of at like dusk, right? Correct. Yeah. Did we, I... had a, for, okay. we had different lighting phases for the whole movie. So some of them were morning, afternoon, evening, and then we had a, we called it like a twilight lighting. And that was like the twilight part of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that's what I was going to ask if they filmed that like middle of the day and just dim the lighting so that you get the effect. Yeah. Well, outside, outside it's, it's um, the DP and the electricians actually worked pretty closely together. They'll actually watch the clouds. Like they have these little, um, they're, they almost look like monocles actually that have a really heavy filter on them and they'll they'll look at the sky with them and towards the sun and they'll watch the clouds to be like okay I think in like 30 seconds we're going to have the perfect cloud coverage for this lighting for this shot hmm. um, and we had to do a lot of that outside too like it's out front for the beginning of the movie too with uh, Leonard and when we had a lot of that with like the DP or his name was Lowell when we were outside um watching the clouds for the perfect for the perfect lighting outside because it was all real you know that's wild yeah when when filming when having like the newscasters film those bits the, mm -hmm. or those parts where they're giving what's essentially a fake news report yep do they does the production have to send cameras in to film that or do they film that in their studio and like send it over as a piece um, so we filmed those in a separate studio, but we did use all, um, we didn't do it on the soundstage where the cabin was. We filmed it in a separate studio, but they were all actually news cameras. Um, so we did it with our team, but we used actual news cameras and some of them were actors, but some of them were actually, um, I recognize a few of them. Yeah. They were, some of them were actually real news reporters too. So, but we did use, um, news cameras and like news teleprompters for that, which made, I think made it even more real feeling too. Mm. Yeah. Well, if you ever need a bunch of average-looking extras in your film, I think all of us would be happy to. Uh... <laughs> hey, there's a Philadelphia casting company. That's how I started. And if you just ever want to spend a day on a movie set, um, you'll probably see me running around doing something. Um, if you guys were interested, I can send you the information to casting. They're long days. Um, it's not as glamorous as it looks, but it is really cool to just be on a set. So if you guys are interested, I can give you that info. Even if you just wanted to do it for one day, just to see what it's like. Yeah, that'd be hey, cool to it. experience that. Yeah, send it to us. That would, okay. Or yeah, send it to me. Or that, that, that'd be really cool. Yeah, I'll send it to you. Do you have an all-time um, favorite movie of any genre? Oh, that's a really, really hard question. Or a few, or a few. Hmm. I feel like I go to like the like mindless comedies all the time because I just want to relax and not get too involved in anything. So I don't know. My mind goes to like 
forgetting Sarah Marshall in movies. Like oh yeah, that. no, we were just we talking just, about we that. Literally, <laughs> really? Just, hold, on, hold on one second. We we just did a rom com list. Did you know? For, no for, for Valentine's yeah. Day, we did a ranking, and that was number one. Stop. No, yep. it's like one of my favorite movies. Um, what else? I got to work with Jason Siegel before too. That was cool, but specifically because I liked that movie. Oh, was that on that? Um, uh, Dispatches the, from elsewhere. Dispatches from nowhere elsewhere. Yeah. yeah, that was the other one that was filmed in Philadelphia too, right? It was. Yeah, that was a few. Yeah, years back. I um, live in the uh, Doylestown New Hope area, and I was uh-huh. driving to pick up sushi one day, and he was standing on the corner in New Hope, and I was just like, I pointed <laughs> at him. I was like driving in my car, and he was just, like, gave me a nod. I'm like, okay. Cool. <laughs> That's funny. I think he was known for like just going around and like, I don't know, just eating it, like being a normal human being in Philadelphia when he was here, just not acting like he was Jason Siegel. He seems like a really normal dude for what he's he does. He's so normal. Yeah, he's he's super normal. Um, so yeah, that that came to mind first. You guys are doing horror. I'm trying to think of like what horror movies they like. Um, you know what? I really loved the movie The Orphanage. I think it was like a Spanish language film. So it was like all subtitles, but I love that movie so much. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We love we love foreign films here too. We're big, yeah, we big, big supporters of um any internet, a lot of international films. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I always go back to the um when uh the guy won for directing Parasite, he had oh, gave a speech yeah. and he said if you can get past the one inch barrier of of subtitles uh, of subtitles, yeah. you can your your world will be expanded forever. And yeah, I just love you- that so much. It's so true. Um, you have thousands of movies more to watch. Because we've done lists on on here where we just just do Japanese movies or Korean movies, and and like after like the first five minutes, you forget that you're reading. Like, yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah. So, and also like as I uh, now as I get older, I end up watching regular TV with subtitles. Also, oh, I do too. My TV has so, on. I don't so know. So now why. I'm just used to. Yeah. Same. I think Gio, Gio was kind of annoyed when I first started doing that, but now all of our TVs have subtitles, and she's like, I can't stop. I, yeah. I need the subtitles on at yeah. all times. It helps. It yeah. helps so much. The volume Especially if you're watching bit. a Stallone movie. <laughs> Stallone, and then for me, anything British, I have a hard time with that accent for some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Orphanage. I don't know that I've seen The Orphanage. Yeah, check it out. It's one of the ones that has like a little twist at the end. Um I just really, I really enjoyed that one. Oh, was that a Guillermo del Toro? Maybe. No, yeah. but it was very, it's like I feel very like it much his style. style. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think I did see it. Yeah. The kid with the mask, is there's a kid that has like Correct. A, yeah. yeah. Okay, I saw it. Yeah, that was good. Is there anything you've been watching recently that you want to say? I know a lot of us have been watching The Last of Us, which uh, has been really yeah. awesome. I've been watching The Last of Us. Are I've you all been... caught? You caught up? All caught up, yeah. Oh, man. Same, um, I just caught up yesterday. It's killing yeah. me every Sunday night because I watch the new one. I'm like, now I gotta wait a week. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I feel like nobody's used to watching TV like yeah. that anymore. Um, I think I'm gonna wait till the end now and just watch all three. Watch it all. I think there's, I think there's three left. Maybe. Yeah, how many are there? Are there eight total? Maybe. Yeah. I, um, I think I'm like everybody with that third episode just like killed me. Yeah, I've yes. cr- I've cried like three different episodes now. Yeah. The, mo- the most yeah. recent one too. This past Sunday. Yep, the most recent yeah. one too. Yeah. So now yeah. I I just trust nothing in that show. I'm just going to assume the worst. Yeah. yeah. I know it's funny. For some reason, I watched like I don't know how. I'm not a. I don't watch video gamers, but for some reason, I got caught up a couple years ago. Whenever The Last of Us Two came out, I watched a streamer like 
play through all of The Last of Us 2. So I'm going into this watching watching this knowing what happens and the storyline is for the last of us too having no idea what the last of us like the first one is about so it's <laughs> it's an odd perspective but i really really enjoy it is that how they're breaking it down season one is going to be the first game season two the second i don't know i assume so unless unless they split them up like split the games up into several episodes but uh hmm. yeah well actually I, yeah i wonder if I'm they're spoilers gonna now. i mean i don't know if it can go if they intend on this going three or four seasons, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like they've gotten very far into, into the game storyline. Into yet. the game. Yeah. 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 So it seems to me a lot of TV show productions don't feel the need to go past like three or four seasons anymore. Like yeah. intentionally, it seems like shows are choosing not to go that like seven, eight season route. Yeah. Now I, that might be funding. That might be network cancellation. I don't know. But it seems to be the th- seems limited series seems to be the way that the wave is moving. Yeah, it's true. TV. Like Servant I worked on was they signed on for four years. They stopped at four years, and the the show I'm working on now, I think it's rumored, you know, that they're also signing on for four years. So uh, for four seasons. So it's, it's yeah. That's great for 220 days needed to get into a union. I'm yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. This project could be a career maker if I wanted to be. Hopefully, fingers crossed. But uh, if it stays, you know, um, I guess the hope is always that they'll pick it up for four seasons. But if it's not a good show, I can't imagine not being a good show. But um, yeah. So you okay? So you have worked on Knock at the Cabin. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh. Um, servant servant we're just talking about you mentioned dispatches from elsewhere what else anything else that we know of yeah so dispatches i did background on um but in terms of being on the crew so i've done knock at the cabin uh servant just season four but that was part one and two of season four um i did a movie called down low which was it was like a tier zero movie so it it didn't hit theaters or anything but it was just picked up by uh south by southwest for this year so i'm super hopeful oh, that's, that's gonna cool. come out because um i thought it was a hilarious movie i think it's gonna be so good it stars uh zachary quinto and judith light and lucas oh it's a really fun I, like Zach- I like zachary quinto yeah he's great um so i'm really ho- that was my first job ever so i'm hoping that comes out this year um cool. i worked on hustle which was an adam sandler movie on netflix oh yeah great movie yeah um i did a couple days on law and order um that was super interesting to work on not at all what i expected were you a dead body (laughs) no that would be so fun (laughs) i actually have a friend who played a dead body in law and order not kidding (laughs) um no i was just i was an additional set pa so like my job for that was just showing up and making sure nobody walked on set basically um that's something i forgot to mention there's additional pas too that come in they're not like staff but they'll come in here and there to help out when you need extra hands. But uh, so I did that. And then right after Servant Wrapped, I did a movie called Audrey's Children with um, Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones and mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy Simpson from he was actually in It's Always Sunny. I feel like that's how a lot of people know him. Uh, he was one of the McCoy- uh, McCoyles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, he was in. Um, wasn't he in Empire Records? Or am I thinking of someone else? everything of someone else he was in a bunch of stuff um i can't pinpoint anything but i know who you're talking about yeah yeah he's a great guy too uh Um, oh he was on westworld yes westworld Um, that's a big one sorry yeah i forgot about that one westworld 
Yeah, he's been uh, a bunch, bunch of stuff. Yeah, so we filmed that movie um, this fall. So hopefully that comes out next year. Um, what else have I worked on? I did like a couple additional days here on like a couple Netflix, like Christmas movies and silly things. But my big projects were Knock at the Cabin, Hustle, um, Down Low, Audrey's Children, which is the one with Natalie Dormer. And then, uh, yeah. Do, do you remember what you were extras in when you? Oh, gosh. Yeah, so many things. Um, my first job ever was the bounty hunter with uh, Jennifer Aniston. Oh, Gerard Butler. Butler? Way back. Yeah. Way, way back. Um, gosh, why am I blanking now? I did dispatches. I did servant seasons two and three as background. Um, I did. I said well, there was an Idris. Was there an Idris Elba movie? Or Idris mm-hmm. Elba? I'm trying to remember what movie was filming when you. Oh, I'm, I'm blanking. I, I remember some big Philadelphia movies getting filmed that I thought you were. Yeah, I did. What else filmed in Philly? I did uh, 21 Bridges that filmed here. I was background in that. That might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, that was with uh, Chadwick Boseman. That right. One. Um, gosh, I've done. I'm blanking. <laughs> but they're all fun. They're all fun to be on. Even, you know, if they're, if they're good or bad movies and TV shows, they're always fun to be on um how was it working on hustle hustle was super interesting i came into that so it was such a big production that they needed so many additional pas that i ended up being like hired for the last like month and a half of that movie almost every single day so it became almost like a staff position that wasn't an actual staff position um but we were all over philadelphia for that um we were at the airport and at you know parks here and on the stage and lots of cast members you know I, I don't know if you saw hustle but there was a ton of cameos in that oh yeah mm-hmm. um so we had a lot of cast members on set all the time and um adam sandler too i feel like i feel like i'm not giving any actor any you know i'm not saying anything bad about any actors i'm saying <laughs> all good things but truly when i'm saying it when i'm saying it i mean it he's like he's adam sandler he's worth like what half a billion dollars he could get anything he wanted to and he could act however he wanted to, but you would never know he was worth that much money or like had as much power as he did on this movie because he was just really friendly and he would literally be like having parties at his trailer inviting crew to like, hey, come eat, you know, come eat some party food with me. And we're like, no, like we're trying to get you on set. to film. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was fun. That was that was a fun one. It was it was a lot because of how much was going on and, um, you know, basketball games that actually had to be choreographed which i think a lot of people don't think about like it's almost like a dance you have to choreograph these basketball games and stuff like that so oh the the lead in that movie i know is a basketball player and was phenomenal yeah. i thought yeah the cam uh, the it, cameos have to be a lot on on you guys like the crew like it's like getting them organized and they're not like used to being in films and they're probably not coming alone they're probably bringing their people it's, it's fine yeah nice. they do and for those days like uh, when i mentioned additional pas we'll have additional pas that are specifically assigned to helping with first team so like the actors are we call them first team so they'll be specifically first team helpers just to make sure that they're taken care of and they get in hair and makeup and they get to set when they're supposed to get on set so there are people there's more than one person on crew that's dedicated to like helping them out so um 
it's for that for that one it's funny because I think I mentioned that part of my job is keeping crew quiet so a lot of times you'll have to go around set and kind of like shush people because you can't be talking but you have to signal to them that they need to be quiet and I'm like shushing this room of people and I turn around and I shush somebody very kindly I'm a nice person (laughs) I kindly shushed him but then I like made eye contact as I'm shushing him and it was Mark Cuban (laughs) oh oh, no like awful so so bad he was sharp yeah he was fine but that was very intimidating (laughs) is is philadelphia becoming a more popular place to film movies or am i just becoming more aware no it is it is i love it it's it's really cool i don't know i don't know what the reason is i know pennsylvania had some sort of like tax credit for the movie industry recently um but i don't know the exact reason why they're choosing philadelphia i think because we have you know we have two sound stages here um close by and we're sort of close to everything too like anything we kind of need we're within driving distance to scenery wise (laughs) right um i think it's cheaper to film here too for productions than it would be like in the more common hubs like la and stuff like that too so even though they have all the stages and stuff um, oh uh Concrete Cowboy was the movie I was thinking of that they filmed uh, in Philadelphia a couple of years ago. Yeah, I do remember that one too. Um, no, I did. I didn't work on that. I do know people who did work on that, but um, I did not get on that set for that one. That's that's well, really awesome. You guys got anything else you want to get into? I was just going to say um, that, believe it or not, you've set the bar for guests on the show so far. So, oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> We mostly just have our dumb friends on. <laughs> I could be a dumb friend. That's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I had a great time uh, picking your brain and you uh, were very informative and um, this was awesome. Yeah, super interesting. I can't, oh, I can't think of anything else from the film that I wanted to discuss. I think we covered everything just while we were talking. No, we hit all my questions that I had written down. Good. And the I'm little bit happy. of prep work that I did. <laughs> I'm super happy you guys like the movie. And again, I wouldn't be offended if you didn't, but it makes me happy that you did. I mean, and it yeah. kind of happens. Well, well, I already said it happens with me and Ed Knight's movies. Like, it, this is another one that's very love or hate. It seems with the yeah, the general for sure. public. But yeah. I, for the, oh, yeah. I can't think of why people like. Um, I haven't read, read any of the bad reviews, but like what people could find to dislike about this movie. Like, I was super yeah. engaged the entire film. Yeah. Actually, now I think, I'm going to go on Rotten Tomatoes and see what people are saying. <laughs> I think sometimes people have trouble with like um, single set things, whereas yeah. I'm the opposite. No, I, I, love, I think I love, that was a strength. Yeah, I, th- I love a small cast thing where I don't have to be like, oh, who was this person again? Or like, who was that? I'm like, yeah. these are the characters. This is the set. These are the things around. I love something like that. But yeah. for some people... I could see what, yeah, people that don't have an intention. I think, that, I, but I think the people that would say like, "Oh, that's like boring" or something, or maybe generally just not a fan of, like, wouldn't wouldn't be like, I'm a movie guy. Like, so some people might just have said, "Oh, I went to go see this," and it was, you know, and maybe they didn't like that aspect of it. But, right. Yeah, um, maybe people didn't like how to the point it was. Like, maybe people like more flourish there, but it was super to the point, which I also enjoy it being right to the point. Um, I think even with the trailer too, I feel like 
when I saw the first trailer, I was like, oh my gosh, they're giving away the whole movie. But it was no, it's just right to the point telling you what's it about, what it is about. And uh, I did hear the second trailer spoiled more of the like what actually yeah, ends up being yeah. the conclusion, but I never saw it. So I don't, and I'm, I'm sure the director probably has very little to do with what the trailer ends up being. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, but what I was going to say, I thought the cinematography, other than it being shot on film, <clears throat> what they were able to do in the cabin or on the soundstage, making all of the shots as interesting as they were. Like it was all shot in one lo- quote unquote location, but yep. you know, all the shots were different, you know, and they made great use of what the space was, I thought. Yeah. Our um our DP for this, our cinematographer, his name was Jaron. When we were inside it was Jaron. We had a different DP bowl when we were outside. Um Jaron, he's he's actually super well known. He did a uh, the movie that just came out, I think it was this year or late last year, The Northman. He's really, oh, yeah. yeah, we all we all loved it. Yeah, he was the same, so same cinematographer for Knock at the Cabin as The Northman. And I think he was also Oscar nominated for the Lighthouse cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he's he's a big one. And, and Lowell, uh, our DP for outside, is just like one of my favorite humans. He's so nice and super talented. And he's our age, he's 33. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and I feel like for for not to speak for everybody on the podcast, but we're not always fans of M Night's work. I feel like we're mm-hmm. over the last couple of years have been somewhat critical of his movies, but yeah, yeah I don't. I liked it. I feel, I feel like, I feel like lately I've been more on board, more of his early well, work or middle like middle of his career. I like Servant for sure. Mm-hmm. I like this. I feel like if people Unbreakable is one of my top five movies of all time. Oh yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting going all the way back into his filmography. I think we're huge fans of a lot of the stuff he's done. But if another director put this movie out and it wasn't his name, I feel like more people would like it. It's yeah, I agree. I feel like sometimes just because of it's an M Night movie, people might more harshly criticize it. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But good for him for like just doing whatever the hell he wants anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because great. you know. I mean, who cares what people think? Yeah, he can do it. People like it, so why not? And he, he keeps having success. I mean, this one, uh, it's still early on, has already doubled uh, the budget as far as gross. Yep. So. Yep. That's cool. <laughs> All right. I got, I got nothing else, guys. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah, again. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks again. Thank you. And when this when this new project comes out, I'll let you. I'll post about what it is, and if you want to talk about it, I'm happy to come on. This has been great talking to you guys. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not very good at finding what's going on because I, I couldn't find anything. I googled it for like two no minutes. Way. Look <laughs> up filming in Philly or Bucks County. You'll see it. It's a really big director. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I found the thing that that uh, I don't know if it was Sean or Pete. I was like, oh, maybe it's something with Idris Elba. I was like, oh wait, that was like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, happy to come back and talk about it. Uh, if cool. you guys yeah, this was, this was fun. Yes, that would that would be awesome. Yeah, cool. Thank well, you so much guys. for Thanks doing for this. On. This has been fun. All right, I'll do the Jeff uh, sign off. Love, peace, and chicken chicken grease. We're out of here. We're out. Bye.